welcome to the Cosmoses Podcast, hosted by Justin Moses. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is episode number 24. I am Justin Moses, and uh, this episode is brought to you by Low Vintage Instrument Company. Located in downtown Burlington, North Carolina. Visit them right there at their downtown location or online at lowvintage.com. That's L-O-W-E vintage.com. Or call them at area code 336-524-6250. You can like their page on Facebook, follow them on Instagram and Twitter. I've been there myself and I can say without a doubt that they have some quality instruments and accessories, and you're going to want to check them out. Find your timeless tone today at lowvintage.com. That's L-O-W-E vintage.com. Today's episode features an interview with Chris West of the band Blue Moon Rising, an old bandmate of mine, and uh, we talk about his time in, in Blue Moon Rising and forming the band and uh, the new record they're working on, uh, his interest in comics, and much, much more. But before we get into that, I do want to just uh, plug my Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and, and my website. My website www.justinmoses.com, uh, facebook.com slash justinmosesmusic, at justinmoses2 on Twitter, and you can find me on YouTube. Uh, and if you have uh, any feedback, email me at justin at justinmoses.com. And uh, I still want to encourage everybody to subscribe at iTunes and review and rate the show there. It's the best way to help the show out that you can do yourself. If you enjoy this show and you want to support it, go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, and leave us a little rating and review. The big news this week, um, I'm recording this podcast earlier than I usually do, and uh, I'm going on the road, and I'll be gone for uh, the better part of two weeks, so better to get this recorded and ready to go than to, to have to, to do it on the road. But uh, the big news that happened right before I did this interview with Chris was uh, Ralph Stanley passed away. Ralph Stanley is one of the, the people that's uh, very responsible for bluegrass as we know it today. You know, aside from Bill Monroe and Earl Scruggs, Lester Flatt, the Stanley brothers are right there with them, starting up in 1946 uh, as some of the most influential and, and important figures in, in the music. And I want to talk about Ralph and the Stanley brothers just a little bit. And uh, I'm pulling some of this info off of uh, Ralph's website and DrRalphStanleyMusic.com. But Ralph was born in McClure, Virginia in 1927. He was born and raised uh, in the southwest corner there of Virginia. It's a land of coal mines and deep forests where he and his brother formed the Stanley Brothers and their Clinch Mountain Boys in 1946. Their father would sing them the old traditional songs like Man of Constant Sorrow, while their mother, a banjo player, taught them the old claw hammer style. They were heavily influenced by Bill Monroe 
and they uh, they fuse Monroe's rapid rhythms with the mountain folk songs from groups such as the Carter family. The, the Stanleys created a distinctive three-part harmony that combined the lead vocal of Carter with Ralph's tenor, and an even higher part sung by bandmate Pee Wee Lambert. Carter's romantic songwriting professed a deep passion for the rural landscape, but also reflected on lonesomeness and personal losses. Songs like The Lonesome River uses uh, the imagery of the water to evoke the loss of a lover, and White Dove describes a mourning and suffering after the death of the mother and father. In 1951, they popularized Man of Constant Sorrow, which was also later recorded by Bob Dylan in the 60s. Carter died of liver disease in 1966, and Ralph wasn't sure he could continue. His brother had been the main songwriter, lead singer, and frontman, and Ralph would admit himself he was withdrawn and shy, although he had overcome quite a bit of that. Within weeks of his passing, I got phone calls and letters and telegrams, and they all said, don't quit. They said, we've always been behind you and Carter, but now we'll be behind you even more because we know you'll need us, Stanley told the Associated Press in 2006. Ralph drew even deeper from his Appalachian roots, adopting the cappella singing style of the Primitive Baptist Church where he was raised. He reformed the Clinch Mountain Boys band to include Ray Klein, vocalist Larry Sparks, and Melvin Goins. He would change the lineup of the band over the years, later including Jack Cook and mentored young artists like Keith Whitley and Ricky Skaggs, who also performed with him. He was given an honorary doctorate of music from Lincoln Memorial University in Harrogate, Tennessee in 1976 and was often introduced as Dr. Ralph Stanley. He performed at the inauguration of U.S. Presidents Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton, was given a Living Legends Medal from the Library of Congress and a National Medal of Arts presented by the National Endowment for the Arts and President George W. Bush. He became a member of the Grand Ole Opry in the year 2000. But at age 73, he was introduced to a new generation of fans in 2000 due to his chilling a cappella song, Oh Death, from the Coen Brothers' Old Brother Where Art Thou movie soundtrack. The album was a hit, topping the Billboard 200 chart, as well as the country album and soundtrack charts, and sold millions of copies. He won a Grammy for Best Male Country Vocal Performance in 2002, beating out Tim McGraw, Ryan Adams, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and Lyle Lovett, and was the focus of a successful tour and documentary inspired by the soundtrack. The soundtrack was produced by T-Bone Burnett and also won a Grammy for the Album of the Year. The following year, he and Jim Lauderdale won a Grammy for Best Bluegrass Album for Lost in the Lonesome Pines. You know, he had, he wished that it had come sooner, his success that he had uh, through that movie and the soundtrack and everything. He said, I wish it had come 25 years sooner. I'm still enjoying it, but I would have had longer to enjoy it. And uh, Despite his health problems, he continued to record and tour into his 80s, often performing with his son Ralph II on guitar and his grandson Nathan on mandolin. Mere words alone, though, won't won't do it justice. 
to uh, describe the impact that he had. I'm going to play for you a couple of clips from the Stanley Brothers and from, uh, from Ralph's solo career, just to give you a taste, in case you're not familiar. If you listen to this podcast, you probably know who Ralph Stanley is, and you probably appreciate his music, but if not, um, here's a little taste of the Stanley Brothers. I left my old home to travel this country. My mother and dad said, son, don't go wrong. Remember that God. Watch over you, and we will be waiting for you here at home. Son, don't go astray, was what they both told me. Remember that love for God can be found, but now they're both gone. That stuff right there is hard to beat. Um, that was recorded in 1950. The fields have turned to brown. Here's one from 1953. Nobody's love is like mine. If you don't have the Stanley Brothers music, uh, you should definitely go download it or just buy the albums and have physical copies of it. Uh, it's worth owning for yourself. Uh, here's a clip from Austin City Limits uh, of Ralph. We get requests for it just about everywhere we go. An old timer called Little Man.
gives you a little taste of Ralph's banjo playing and his singing there on little Mac on little Maggie. Here's one from that great 70s era. Uh, Will you miss me? to the bluegrass music community and saying uh, that yes we we will miss you Ralph and, and already do so I'm gonna play one more clip before we get into our interview today but this is a uh, from an interview that Ralph did with uh, Reno Ronnie Reno from the Reno's old time music show this aired uh, in the mid 90s and uh, he's talking about a record that he made I uh, thought there was some good content in this RFD posted this to their Facebook page and uh, you can check it out there as well, the whole video with Ralph playing Little Maggie and all. But here's a, a little clip from, from Ralph. You've been in the studio here lately, am I right? Yeah, uh, I have. Uh, I believe during 1992, we recorded something like 54 songs. <laughs> and that was, a, that was a lot of work. I'd say. Now, we've recorded six now in uh, 19 and uh, this is 93, isn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're uh, we're working on a we're recording a Christmas tape now. Well, I was referring to the the new uh, CD that you oh, have out uh, with Saturday night and Sunday morning. You bet. With all the great stars. Well, how many stars you got on there? Fourteen different uh, stars. Fourteen. Help me out. Each one did uh, two songs with me. Well, I, uh, some of the people uh, I know was it Vince Gill and George was on it. Vince Gill and uh, George Jones, Dwight Yoakam, Emma Lou Harris, uh, Patty Loveless, uh, Judy Marshall, uh, Allison Krauss. Uh, Ricky Skaggs, Tom T. Hall, Bill Monroe. Mercy. Uh, did I say Dwight Yoke? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Charlie Waller of the Country Gentleman, uh, Larry Sparks, and Charlie Sizemore. We know they're two oh, yes. uh, great lead singers that I had with me. Well, you had quite a few uh, great lead singers with you, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I've had some good lead singers. Yeah, I, I know really, Keith Whitley was with Keith you. Keith Whitley was with me three or four years. Roy Lee Centers, Larry yeah. Sparks, Charlie Sizemore, and... Uh, well, Ricky Skaggs worked with you for a while, too, didn't he? Yeah, Ricky worked with me about three years. He played the mandolin. He played some uh, twin fiddling with Curly, and uh, he also uh, did some of the high baritone singing. Well, you left your mark on them boys because they took it from, from the Clinch Mountain boys and went over into 
their their country music and did a you know was everybody kept saying what the distinctive sound they had. I'm real proud of uh, both of them, and uh, I think they both really done well. And uh, both of them had all kinds of talent. Oh yeah. That's Ralph. Uh, nobody will ever duplicate, duplicate the uh, legacy of Ralph Stanley, and uh, he will definitely be missed. Well, today's guest is Chris West, and as I said before, he's a founding member of the band Blue Moon Rising, which I was a part of for, for many years, and uh, he's a great songwriter, overall great guy, one of the funniest guys I've ever got the privilege of traveling around with. And I think you're really going to enjoy hearing what Chris has to say. So here he is, Chris West. Thanks, Chris, for doing this. Hey, no problem, man. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, uh, we we had talked about it a long time ago, uh, and and it never never seemed to work out. But I'm glad it did this time. Yeah, man. I've been meaning to have you on for a long time, so it's good to have you here. I uh, wanted to start. Right off the bat, with uh, we got some news yesterday, some unfortunate news that uh, Ralph Stanley passed away, and I just wanted to see uh, what uh, what your thoughts are on on Ralph's contribution to the to the music business. Oh man, I you know I I, I listened to Ralph uh, from 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 the time I was a I was a kid. Uh, uh, my uncle Tony actually uh, probably was one of the first first bands that that. Tony exposed me to was Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys, so I I was familiar with uh, the the Ralph Stanley and Clinch Mountain Boys sound uh, uh, way sooner than I ever was the the, the Stanley Brothers, you know. Uh -huh. and, and when I got into to, you know playing music and 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 really uh, my my appreciation for for um, the founding fathers of of, of bluegrass music. Uh, uh, didn't really start till till much later uh, when I, when I was older, uh, you know. I, when I when I was a kid, I, I liked the the really um, smooth and refined sounding stuff, you know, like uh -huh. the the original Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver, the Lonesome River Band, the Virginia Squires, the Knoxville Grass, and the really polished sounding new new sounding stuff. Right. And it, it wasn't till till much later on that I really kind it clicked for me and I kind of got it, you know, as far as Flatt and Scruggs and Bill Monroe and, and, and the Stanley brothers. But, uh, early on, I, I always loved, uh, you know, it seemed, seemed like when I was a kid that, that Ralph and the Clinch Mountain boys would put out a new gospel, uh, at the time it was cassettes. Mm -hmm. uh, they would put out a new cassette almost like it seemed like every week. <laughs> uh, we, we were always listening to him so you know i, I was always a, a, a fan of uh, uh junior blankenship on guitar uh when i first started listening to to ralph uh, his lead singer was sammy adkins uh -huh. uh, and i got to go see them live uh at the uh i think it was at the bijou theater in knoxville um, it was, uh, Bill Monroe and the bluegrass boys and Ralph Stanley and the clinch mountain boys on a double header. Uh, and, and that, that was an awesome show. I mean, uh, just a, a, a kid sitting out in the audience, uh, to, to see that, that majesty on, on stage was, was just something else for me. But, uh, you know, Ralph, uh, 
you know, the, the Carter, the, or the, the Stanley brothers had, had their, their thing, you know, Ralph and, and Carter. And then for, for Ralph to keep it going, uh, all those years after, after Carter's death and, and actually come up with a, with a much different sound than, than what he and Carter had had together, uh-huh. uh, I think is, is remarkable. And, and, uh, the what he what he the the imprint he left on the music and and the people that he inspired is just is just I mean the words words can't really really describe I mean we we have a we have a Larry Sparks uh, because of of Ralph Stanley uh, we have uh, you know Ricky Skaggs we had a Keith Whitley we had all the all these great singers uh, and 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 musicians because really Ralph Stanley gave, gave them an opportunity. Uh, yeah. He had a, a ton of great singers and, and players come through that band. Yeah. Uh, who, who in turn, you know, uh, became legends in the, in their own, in, uh-huh. in their own right, uh, who, who, uh, fostered, uh, many, many more, you know, under their wing. So yeah, I, it's a, it's a truly sad, sad thing. Uh, uh, I had heard, I guess, uh, we, we played at bean blossom last weekend and I had heard then that he was really, really sick and, and yeah. probably wouldn't, wouldn't last very, very much longer. Uh, so, I mean, I, I was expecting it, but it, it's still, it's still a sad thing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, well, like you said about, uh, discovering or getting into that sort of, sort of music, like his music and, uh, Bill Monroe's music and stuff later and being, I was the same way. I was more into polished stuff, you know, early on. And then, uh, it, it took a few years for me to learn to appreciate that as much as I do now. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people just discovered Ralph's music, like, uh, with the old brother soundtrack. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure there, there's probably, uh, a- uh, an entire generation of people that didn't know who Ralph Stanley was uh, until they heard that voice, you know, under the hood on on the on the Old Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Ralph, uh, I think Ralph did a did a, a full blown album uh, like produced by T Bone Burnett. He sure did. Yeah. Uh, that that probably made it to to the to the ears of of people that don't norm, nor wouldn't norm, normally listen and, and know necessarily who, who Ralph Stanley was before that. So, yeah, I mean, it, true, true legend, uh, and, and icon and, um, uh, I, you know, there, there's just so many names that, you know, I, I, I left out, uh, uh Ernie Thacker. Oh yeah. Uh, I left out Roy Lee centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's just so many that, that, that were, that were great and, and are great you know, in the, in the music because of Ralph Stanley. That's right. Well, let's I heard a, I heard a funny story, uh, about Ralph, uh, uh, and, and I, I wasn't there. I, I can't claim to be, so I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't vouch for the authenticity of the story. But <laughs> it, it, it is a, it is a really great, uh, funny story. Uh, evidently, um, uh, Ralph and the Clinch Mountain Boys had been playing uh, a big theater gig somewhere, and uh, the bass player for the Eagles was was there mm-hmm. uh, in, in attendance. And you know, uh, after the show, uh, 
you know, he, he wanted to meet Ralph, you know, this Ralph Stanley had been an inspiration for, uh, uh, you know, the, the bass player for, for the Eagles, uh, you Uh know? And, uh, so he goes to the bus and, uh, uh, you know, he's just an unassuming looking guy wearing blue jeans and a flannel shirt. And of course, you know, that he's, he's got really long hair and everything. And, uh, uh, they opened the bus door and he said, you know, he said, told who he was and he'd like to meet Ralph. And, uh, you know, he, he, he got to, he got to sit on the bus and he was talking to Ralph and just telling Ralph what an inspiration he was to him and, and how he had, he had followed his music since he was a kid and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and, uh, he got finished talking and Ralph looked at him and said, pretty good. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I always thought that was such a great story. <laughs> Pretty good, you. Yeah, that's that's great. Well, let's get into uh, some stuff about Chris West. All right, one All right. of my favorite subjects. <laughs> yeah, that'll <laughs> be right up there, right? <laughs> so, um, there's a new Blue Moon Rising record in the works. I have heard. Yes, there is, uh, and and actually, uh, we're we're you know we we've we've got about everything done uh, on the album except for uh, the bass uh, and and the fiddle, and we were we were maybe if it uh, hoping that if it worked out with your schedule that maybe we could get you to come in and 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 play a little fiddle on it too, uh, but it, it's it's for for all intents and purposes it's it's pretty much done. Uh, just except for for the bass and 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 the fiddle, and of course you know there's a ton of mixing and mastering and editing and all that stuff that goes into it. But yeah. we're ho- we're hoping to have it out maybe sometime in October. I think I can squeeze that in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope, but yeah, I hope so. Uh, I think we had we had maybe talked about it before, but yeah, uh, just with everybody's uh, everybody's schedules and. You know, uh, us thinking that that we would have it out probably six months ago. <laughs> right, right. Uh, nobody's really talked about it much, but it, it's kind of uh, uh, what we're calling a um, a fifteen year anniversary uh, album uh, with all the the original players in in some in some form or fashion coming back and and um, got some really great songs. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we've, of course, Blue Moon Rising has always been a, a band that, that was all about, you know, homegrown original material. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, there's also some, some great stuff on there by, uh, Towns Van Zant, uh, Fred Eaglesmith, um, uh, Sean Camp, uh, Ronnie Bowman. Uh, there's, there's some great songwriters that have contributed music. To, to this album and I, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. I think it's, it's going to be really special. Um, uh, it, it was fun because, uh, uh, Keith Garrett, Tim Tipton and myself were able to, uh, to collaborate and write a song together, uh, that, uh, you know, you, you can pop it in and it sounds like the, the, the very first stuff that we were ever doing, you know, the same, same type of, of thing. So, I'm I'm really excited for it, and I'm really excited for everybody to get to hear it. Well, talk about what led to to making that record, and what made to uh, led to sort of doing some uh, reunion shows, kind of kind of turning Blue Moon Rising uh, into the band it is. 
Well, uh, actually, it started um, uh, Tim Tim Tifton, uh, unless I'm mistaken, kind uh, kind of kind of helped get it get it started. Uh, he had been talking to uh, Jill Weiss uh, and and Bob Weiss in in North Dakota, you know, and and we had gone up there several times in the past. Uh, uh, over the at that time over the past eight eight or eight or ten years and 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 played for those folks uh, always one of our favorite places to play and one of our one of our favorite bluegrass families and they wanted us to come up there and throw the original band back together and do a, a reunion show and just prior to that we did one of those in um, uh, uh, at a little festival in in Sweetwater uh-huh and uh, uh, that went well, and, and of course we had the thing coming up in North Dakota, and uh, we went up there, and and it went well. We played at Bismarck State College, and and uh, uh, had had just a, a fantastic time. I think we did two nights, and there there wasn't a, a an empty seat in the place. Uh, and so just coming back, uh, you know, and, and talking after had, we had so much fun after being together on stage and, and, and all that for, for all those years, uh, we, we started talking about how cool it would be to just put out, you know, kind of an anniversary, uh, or slash reunion album or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just started talking and talking it through and, and figured, well, you know, what the heck, let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, Brandon, Brandon Bostic, uh, uh, who who played, you know, when I was the I guess the last uh, original member of Blue Moon Rising for for you know five or six years there, uh, <clears throat> Brandon Bostic played in, in in the band at that time. Uh, he played uh, mandolin, and he eventually moved over to dobro. Uh, he he's a really talented guy, uh, vocally and instrumentally, but he owns his own uh, recording studio in Murfreesboro uh, called. Uh, uh, root note studio. And so that made it really easy, you know, around everybody's schedule. Of course, Keith still plays with the box cars and, uh, uh, you know, there, there were some scheduling things, you know, for everybody, but, sure. uh, and at the time, I think, uh, uh, Justin Jenkins was playing still some shows with Grasstown too. So, mm-hmm. uh, for, for Brandon to have his own studio and everything that made things real easy. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's move backwards now. Like let's let's go all the way back actually, and tell me, like, what's your first introduction to uh, to the music was? What what made made you interested in playing to start with? Well, um, we we used to when I when I was a kid, we used to have a a, a station in in Knoxville. Um, I don't remember the call letters of that station. Um, uh, I wish I could, but uh, it, it it may very well have been WIVK at the time. Uh, but they had a bluegrass night on on Sunday nights, uh, and we would we would listen and uh, we would listen in and and mo- of course you know most most everybody when when you and when I when I was growing up and and you're you're quite a bit younger than me but most everybody had you know, a, a turntable, uh, top stereo in, in the living room. And, uh, we, we would listen to the, to the, to the bluegrass program on uh, Sunday night. And of course my uncle Tony is a bluegrass musician. And, 
uh, always admired him when I, when I was a kid. I thought it was really cool. He'd he'd bring the guys over to play sometime, and and or, or he'd he'd have just made a record or whatever, and he'd bring it over to the house for mom to listen to. And uh, so I I got into it. Uh, his his son Clay uh, lived with us uh, off and on for for a couple of years, and uh, so he was teaching Clay how to play the guitar and. Uh, uh, Clay eventually moved over to uh, the electric bass, and Tony started teaching me how to play the play the guitar. And uh, we kind of, uh, I kind of took off on the rhythm, and we had a little little family type gospel band going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so, so that that was how I guess uh, my earliest exposure to to bluegrass and and acoustic type music. Uh, was through uh, my mom uh, listening to that, you know. Of course, she had, uh, she was a fan. She had uh, some some really great albums in her collection. Uh, the Joe's Last Train album by the Country Gentleman, uh, still today one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a ton of Osborne Brothers stuff, uh, and and they're still. I mean, when when somebody when I hear the Osborne Brothers and they come on. Uh, uh, XM radio or, or, or a, a CD or, or something like that, man. I mean, it's just like electricity to me. Yeah. Uh, same, same way. And, and I mean, I, I love everything really that Doyle Lawson and, and Quicksilver has ever done, but those, those first couple of records were really magical and had a, had a, uh, an electricity about them, you know? Uh-huh. And so, uh, that that's the stuff I was listening to back then, and and the the albums that mom had in her collection, you know, um, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, with with Tony being there, that didn't that didn't hurt either. Right, right. Okay, well, um, so you were in the family sort of group there, and uh, what was the next sort of musical situation you found yourself in? Well, uh, I eventually, I, I guess, when I was. 14 or 15, um, uh, I met a guy at church named Carl Caps, and, and Carl was a banjo player. And we started jamming uh, from time to time at, at his house, and he had he had some friends. So we, we threw a band together called uh, Tennessee Mountain Bluegrass. And, uh, it, it was, it was, we, we played a, even back then we played a lot of original stuff. I, I was writing, um, uh, uh, Carl was writing, uh, had a mandolin player named Tony Branham and, uh, uh, Sammy Boshears played, played bass. Uh, and eventually Carl's dad, uh, Marcus Caps uh, came over on rhythm guitar as well. And so we had that band and, and, uh, I, I wasn't even old enough to drive a car. So I, I rode around everywhere with either Carl or Tony and we played, uh, uh, a, a lot of places. I, I don't know if we ever made a dime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like we ever did, but, uh, <laughs> we, we played a lot of places and everything and, and, uh, had a, had a whole lot of fun. And then I started playing music with some, um, some boys up in La Follette, uh, Tennessee after that, uh, uh, Bob Powell and, uh, uh, uh David, uh, Branham, and um, John Miller, uh, I, I think you probably know John Miller. Uh-huh. Uh, we and and Tim Pat uh, played played banjo for us. We we had a 
we had a band called Standard Time, and and this was actually even before Larry Cordell uh, <laughs> Standard Time. Yeah. <laughs> we we had a funny spelling to it and everything. It was like T Y M E, and you know, <laughs> so we had we had a band, and we we played. Uh, uh, we played a few festivals. We we would uh, because we were local boys. We played the Stinking Creek Festival, you know uh, that that they used to have the Mountain Heritage Festival every year up there in Stinking Creek, Tennessee. And then uh, uh, that sounds like something the Daryl Brothers ought to be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> of which which you've been the star in a video for the Daryl Brothers, right? I have. Yes. <laughs> But uh, we we played the uh, the annual Mountain Heritage Festival at Stinking Creek, and then uh, uh, we recorded uh, uh, that our big gig that we had one time. Uh, Tim Tim Pat's sister uh, had this place out in uh, 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 close to Orlando, Florida, and uh, we 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 drove an RV uh, out to Orlando. And I remember uh, <laughs> Bob, Bob Powell was the mandolin player. And uh, of course, that that RV was like an old Winnebago, mm-hmm. and uh, like every time we'd have to stop to get gas, you know, it's just unbelievable how much gas this thing was going through. <laughs> and I remember Bob uh, climbing up under the 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 uh, Winnebago looking for a gas leak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, we went and done that, and then uh, uh, oh Lord, I. I I started playing uh, eventually with a band out of Middlesboro, Kentucky called One Way Track. Uh, and we actually played quite a few festivals and, and, and some of the, some of the venues that, that I still play today, you know, like the, the Clay City, uh, Meta Green Music Park in Clay City, Kentucky and, uh-huh. and everything. And, uh, uh, so, so that, that was pretty cool. We, we, we made a, uh, a cassette and, and everything like that. And then, uh, I guess it was probably with one way track that I was playing with when I uh, eventually met Keith Garrett and yourself and Tim Tipton. And, uh, we got together the first couple of times and, and, you know, formed blue moon rising. Yeah. It was, uh, with one way track where I first, first saw you. I, yeah. think, I think we played at some of the same festivals when we were in a band called Kentucky Wind, and and you were in One Way Track. Yeah, I, I'm almost certain that's exactly what happened because uh, I know uh, uh, I was uh, helping Gary Asher, uh, uh, who was booking the Mountain Heritage Festival at the, at the time. I was helping him get talent up there, uh, you know, different bands that I'd heard and everything, and and we booked Kentucky Wind. Uh, I'd heard you guys and you said y'all sounded really good. And, uh, I, I've always, uh, loved, you know, Keith Garrett's, uh, singing and everything and, and, uh, got you guys up there. And, and, uh, I was either playing in one way track or, or playing with somebody else. And, and we kind of, kind of hurt each other. And man, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, so, you know, we had decided to kind of make a change or whatever we got with you and, uh, we started Blue Moon Rising. It kind of got going around, I guess, the December of the year 2000, something like that. Yeah. 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 We, uh, and then we, we recorded that Raised on Pain. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess Raised on Pain came, came out, what, January, February of 2001, probably. It was in the, yeah, the early part of the year there. 
Yeah. And uh, got some airplay a little bit on WDBX there, the station in, in Knoxville that uh, plays a lot of uh, bluegrass and Americana music. Yep. WDVX is, uh, has really uh, been been great for for the area and, and uh, back then um, even when when they were when they were broadcasting out of a little camper in uh, Clinton Tennessee uh, you know they now they have a, a home office in, in Knoxville and everything but they've always been really good to uh, all the the local artists and and uh, really uh, really helped us a lot you know uh, yeah by, by playing our music back then. I think uh, it was cool because they were kind of early in their, you know, developing their radio station, and we were just getting started with our our band, and uh, they they really did help us out a lot. Yeah, sure enough. What so what about uh, 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 wrestling, man? You still you still watch a lot of wrestling? <laughs> I um, I do, although. My habits of watching it have changed even recently. Like I don't watch, uh, like I'm not watching Raw and SmackDown live anymore. You know, I just kind of check out YouTube's if I, you know, hear something that needs to that I think's worthy of watching or whatever. But uh, what about you? Uh, no, I, I don't watch it much. Uh, Aaron has has got back into watching it a little bit. My my oldest son, uh-huh. uh, and I'll, I'll see it on every once in a while and. It's it's pretty much. I mean, it's it's like a. You, it may as well be days of our lives. You can just pick right back up into it. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all the no, none of the old guys that that I remember are, are actively wrestling anymore. They they might bring them back for for like a special uh, WrestleMania or something like that. Yeah. But the 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 probably the biggest thing that I've watched here lately. Associated with uh, uh, wrestling is uh, uh, a documentary on Netflix called "The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts." Hey man, I just watched that too. Man, that's killer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I'm, I'm really, uh, uh, man, D, that that DDP yoga uh, really helped. I mean, brought back uh, Scott Hall and uh, Jake the Snake from from the brink of, of probably death. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, both of them are in really bad shape. It, it, it was pretty amazing to watch. Uh, I, actually, uh, there were there were several parts in it, you know, that I, I teared up quite a bit. You know, just uh, watching those guys with their struggle and everything. Uh huh. You know, I, I actually have DDP yoga. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it a little bit. Not, I've not like really stuck with it that great, but uh, I think it's a good program. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I even aside from from other professional wrestlers and everything, I've saw I've saw some things on uh, YouTube. Uh, one of them was like a, an Iraq War veteran uh, who uh-huh. who was injured uh, and came back and just started, you know, gaining massive amounts of weight uh, mm-hmm. due to his uh, lack of mobility and everything. And and uh, DDP kind of brought him back too. I mean, he he's jogging, running in marathons and stuff now. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty inspirational thing to watch. Uh huh. You uh, you had said that uh, there's going to be some of the the wrestlers there in town this weekend, right in Knoxville. Yeah, I, I believe it's this weekend. Uh, uh, today, uh, maybe today and tomorrow, 
at the at the Knoxville. Uh, okay, let me say this too. That's as we speak. This will come out probably in a couple of weeks, so it'll have done been passed. But oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But it, but today and tomorrow. Yeah, at the uh, in Knoxville, I I think they had those. I'm not sure. the The last thing I went to like that was at Chilhowee Park, but I'm not sure where it's at in Knoxville. If it's at the convention center or whatever, but uh, they they have the the Knoxville Comic Con, and there's going to be a bunch of people there. Uh, uh, Rick Flair, my favorite all time, woo, is <laughs> is, <laughs> is going to be there uh, along with uh, I believe uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and uh, um. William Shatner is going to be there. There's going to be a bunch of uh, different Star Wars uh, uh, actors there, and wow. maybe, yeah, it's a, it's going it's turned into a, a really big deal. Are uh, you going to it? Uh, you know, uh, me me and Aaron were talking about maybe running over there tomorrow uh, uh -huh. and and checking it out, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure Cody would would probably want to tag along with us too. But, Comic cons, uh, man, are a big deal. They've uh, they've really kind of grown into a, a big thing. Well, we've uh, actually our, our family vacation this year is uh, is planned a, a, a kind of around a, a Comic Con in Tampa. Uh, mm -hmm. We're it, we're leaving July 29th and headed to Anna Maria Island uh, in Florida for for a week, and then we end up the week uh, after we check out of the. The house we've got rented there, uh, we're driving over to Tampa, which is about an hour away, and uh, uh, finishing out the week with uh, Comic-Con, the Tampa, Tampa Bay Comic-Con. It's, it's going to be really awesome. Uh, Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead and uh, Charlie Cox from Daredevil, and uh, there's, there's going to be a bunch of them there. Really looking forward to it. Are you a, a big comic book fan? Yes, I am a comic book nerd, absolutely, one hundred percent. So, yeah. all, all the you know, you can't you can't watch a movie now without it being about a superhero. So I'm in nerd heaven nowadays. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. What's all your, the, what's the okay? Go ahead. I, I'm sorry, man. All, all the Avengers movies and and the the X Men and all that stuff. Uh, I, I watch it all religiously, uh, and. Uh, uh, of course, uh, the the Netflix Daredevil series and all that stuff too. It's it's really and uh, actually there's another one that they uh, AMC. Of course, The Walking Dead is based on a comic that I read uh, uh, or or had been reading for a long time, and um, uh, they just recently brought out a new one on AMC called Preacher, based on a one of my favorite uh, kind of indie run comics that I ever read. Mm -hmm. Is that good? I've not uh, seen that, but I've seen like the the uh, advertisements for it, the preacher series. Yeah, it it is really good. I I, I think it, and and of course, I mean they're they're the first couple of two or three episodes are are really kind of developing the characters and trying to develop the storyline and everything right now. But it's it's really really good. They've done a good job with it. Uh huh. You started to ask me something a while ago, and I walked all over you, and I didn't mean to. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know what it was. <laughs> it started out, who's your favorite? Where, oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I would like ask you what some of your favorite comics were. The Hulk uh, is my very favorite <laughs> all-time superhero uh -huh. uh, because he, uh, of course, I mean, not always, but at least in a lot of the comics, you know, he, he was just pure rage and just wanted to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Chris West. It's kind of like me sometimes. 
<laughs> Full our age. <laughs> so um, you mentioned The Walking Dead. So I've been threatening you know, this whole time since I've even mentioned to you about coming on here about telling the story about the uh, <laughs> the song. And uh, so I will let you tell it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, uh, I, I live, uh, it's now called Rocky Top, Tennessee. Uh, uh, so I live in Caraville, which is five minutes away from, from Rocky Top, Tennessee. It used to be called Lake City. And uh, any time that we would play uh, uh, up north, uh, you know, Ohio, Kentucky, uh, th- those areas, we, we would always travel 75 north. And that would be uh, the the shell station there in Rocky Top is where we would always uh, park a vehicle or two. Yeah, I uh, to, always to, drive up there and pick you up, and then you know head on. Yeah, and so we had been playing somewhere, uh, somewhere up uh, north seventy five, and I, I don't know where. I we, believe it was somewhere in Ohio or something like that. It might have been, yeah. Uh, but uh, we we had come back and and you guys were dropping me off to pick up my vehicle there uh, at Rocky Top Shell Station. Yeah, I was driving and uh, you were riding shotgun and some of the other guys were back there asleep. Yeah, and I remember it was uh, it was kind of kind of uh, misty rain, really foggy, uh, maybe a little bit of, a little bit of a misty rain coming down. Yeah, and, and this was one of those nights where we were driving back like late into the night it was two or three o'clock in the morning when we got back there yeah yeah it was close enough away to where uh like everybody could 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 sleep in their own bed you know by by at least three or four o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. so we we went ahead and drove it and uh you guys were dropping me off and uh it was kind of kind of a a a misty rain coming down and i I was grabbing my uh so so this shell station has a kentucky fried chicken to the left of it and a cracker barrel back behind it and there's an access road that to where you can get to those to to those restaurants and and a a hotel back behind those and i jump out of the van and I'm, i'm trying to put my put my guitar and my clothes and everything in the back of my vehicle and uh i hear this this horrible like bone chilling uh blood curdling sound this this noise <laughs> and and uh I'll, I'll i'll give you an example of exactly what it sounded like it, 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 i hear i'm putting my guitar up and i hear <laughs> yes yes indeed and so yeah, i mean it, it scared me uh so uh I, I, I'm looking around to try to find out where where that sounds coming from, and on, on that access road over beside the the KFC, uh, there's a red haired girl uh, uh, who's just soaked. Uh, her hair's wet, uh, wearing like a uh, a sundress type <laughs> type thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, her skin is is just just white as a sheet of paper. She's barefoot. <laughs> And it, and if uh, she's walking like one of the zombies off The Walking Dead, <laughs> or out of the thriller video, you know, just right. kind of lumbering along, and and every time she 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 wails and makes that sound, it's it's it almost looks like her her, you know, you've seen in some of the horror movies how their mouth grows misshapenly big. Uh-huh. It looks like that, mm-hmm. and you know, at the time, I'm probably in my late thirties. Um, uh, 
mid, mid to late thirties and, and uh, a, a rational individual, <laughs> uh, but at three o'clock in the morning in that misty rain and seeing this, this, this figure <laughs> lumbering through the darkness, it, 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 in my mind, it was a zombie yeah. and she was coming to eat my brain. Uh-huh. And so uh, I'm trying to hurry and get my stuff put up and I'm thinking, please, dear God, don't let her come over here, you know, <laughs> until I can get in the, until I can get in the car. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so Tim Tipton raises up out of the back seat out of a dead sleep. And locks the doors and said, "Don't you let that crazy mm in here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she comes closer. So it was closer. just like it was. Let me say this too. So I had went in the store, and I come back out to this scene. Basically, I, I heard a, a disruption. There was something going on, you know. And, <laughs> and I, I went back into the the driver's you know side door because that's where I come out of. And that's when, you know, they were back there like, shut that door, lock that door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they've already got Chris. It's too late for him. We're our <laughs> so they sacrificed me to the zombie. Yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, she's getting closer and closer and closer. And so finally, she gets close enough that I, I hold my guitar case up like a shield <laughs> And, and I don't know if I should say what I actually said on your podcast. Uh, no, but, it is, it is a, a family show. So. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to say exactly what I said, but it, basically it was, whoa, uh, uh, stop right there. Uh, yeah. But 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 not. Uh, so uh, it's at this time I, feel, I start feeling really bad because <laughs> this, this lady is holding out a card and so I, I reluctantly take the card from her hand and it says, uh, that she has a defibrillator implanted that, uh, so if she passes out, I guess like EMTs are working on her, they, they need to be aware so that they don't get shocked or right. they, they don't do something to shock her or, or something to that effect. Uh, and, and it says, uh, that she is, is deaf and, and mute. Mm-hmm. And so then I go into rescue mode. Uh, Chris is going to save the day. So <laughs> I, I, I carry my guitar case into the shell station, uh, leading this, this individual, uh, inside where she promptly collapses on the floor and we call 911. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know, I don't know what happened to her, but I got her to, to at least some sort of relative safety. And then I got in my vehicle and left. <laughs> it's the kind of thing though, man, that just, it happened to us on the road. Like we, I don't know. It's like we had this thing of encountering stuff like that. You know, and it's it's one of those things you you would almost have to be there to yeah. get, to get the humor in it. But uh, I swear we we could almost write a book of, of the stuff that happened to us like that. Yeah, uh, like the the two old guys sitting on a bucket at the gas station uh, uh, in in Georgia when we were on our way from Georgia to uh, New Jersey. You remember that one? The two old guys. I'm trying to think. I'm racking my brain. What was that? It, we had stopped at a at a gas station and and uh, <laughs> at the time we had that trailer pull, pulling it behind oh, yeah. the van uh-huh. and uh, that had our logo on it, Blue Moon Rising, and all that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was late at night and uh, two two old black fellas, old older black guys, were were running this little gas station. Uh, one of them had like Coke bottle glasses on and he was running the cash register and there was an old guy sitting, sitting beside him on a, 
on a bucket turned upside down like a chair. And uh, he looked out and he saw the van. And he was talking to Tim and he said, he said, you boys, some sort of gospel band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim said, uh, no, sir, we're, we're a bluegrass band. He said, he said, uh, he said, what's the, what's the name of your record? Blue Moon of Kentucky? <laughs> yeah. Tim said, no, sir, we have, we have two albums out. He said, we have uh, uh, Where Wood Meets Steel and, and Raised on Pain. And when he said Raised on Pain, that old, that old guy uh, on the bucket just shook his head and said, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't remember which one you know, it was, but I, I definitely remember that happening. <laughs> but uh yeah man i mean uh we have uh, old keith toby too yeah oh keith toby that was uh <laughs> his his name was chop that's right chop yeah that that was a hotel we stayed at in hazard kentucky when we were recording mm -hmm. where wood meets steel and uh he was a coal miner because uh we had the the hotel room door open uh while we were jamming person and everything and uh he happened to walk by with all that coal dust on his face and uh, uh the the name sewed on his shirt was chop yeah uh and he he listened, chop to, might listen to this we don't ever know you know yeah he might <laughs> hey chop if you if you are listening <laughs> yeah it was nice meeting you yeah uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, he, I remember he asked us if we liked that old Keith Toby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, another thing I, that, I, you know, comes to mind is just one the first big trip we took was basically all the way to Prince Edward Island, <laughs> you know, and we, we drove in the van, you know, all the way up there. What were we thinking? <laughs> I don't know, man, but you know. I wouldn't do that now. The thought of a of a thirty two hour drive now would would put chills uh, on me just <laughs> yeah. as thinking of all the horrible stuff that could happen. You right. Know? right. But we did it. Uh, yeah, that was that was something else. And and actually, if you remember, that was before we got the newer van. We Tim Tim had bought like a an eighty five or eighty seven model uh, Chevy conversion van. Oh yeah. And I remember going up uh, uh, on the interstate. Some of those hills we had to go, uh, like as we were bypassing New York uh, and everything. That uh, it was almost like we had to open the door and put our foot out and push. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, it was it was it was fun at the same time. We we had a lot of good times. Well, it was fun and and. Uh -huh. Uh, I mean, that's, that's part of it, man. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that, that at the time, uh, made us feel, you know, uh, like, like we, like we mattered and we're kind of, you know, uh, I don't know. We were, we were doing it, I guess, for lack of a better, better term, you know, yeah. we, we, we were doing this thing. We, we were going to, uh, go up on this big road trip and, and drive 32 hours to play in Canada. <laughs> mm -hmm. but it was a it was a heck of a time man I, i'll i'll never forget those uh forget those times what uh what got you into songwriting um uh, man I, I you know i don't know uh i i've never had a a, a formula uh or a process for for writing songs i guess if i did i'd probably write a lot more uh but uh the first couple of songs I ever wrote, you know, 
when I was living at home with mom and dad, uh, a lot of times I'd, I'd lock myself in the bathroom late at night and play my guitar and everything in there so that I wouldn't wake everybody up. Yeah. And, uh, that's, you know, I, I, I wrote my first couple of songs that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, it, it just kind of started happening like that, you know, and, and as I was writing them, I, I was trying to, to analyze and, uh, I, I was never any good at math or science or anything like that, but I was good at, uh, uh, literature and, and English and, uh, uh, composition. Uh, th those were my strong suits in school. And, uh, so I tried to, when, when I was, when I was writing these songs, I, I tried to, I don't know, put, put them together as best I can, you know, uh, uh, and, and sometimes they go through two or, two or three drafts, you know, of, of me ch changing and tweaking words here. And a lot of times now I'll look back on something that I wrote a long time ago and, and, uh, uh, think, man, I wish I hadn't recorded that before I changed this word or oh, yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. I had Ronnie Bowman on and I asked him about some writing. He said, you can't unscramble eggs, basically, you know, like I'm saying the same thing that he, he uh, that he wished, you know, he could rewrite some of the stuff that he had recorded, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, and it's nothing like really major, but, uh, a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let somebody record one of my, one of my songs or whatever. And, and I've, I've always been, I felt that, that they should have the liberty to tweak it a little bit to suit them. Yeah. And, um, uh, so I've, I've always given everybody that, that, that liberty. If, if they, if there's something that they feel like it needs or, or a, a word here and there, and you know, it, it would be something so minute like changing you know and 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 to an or or, or something like that and it would just make all the difference in the world mm -hmm. uh i remember roscoe morgan recorded uh, a song that i uh, had had written and and had had never recorded myself called uh i lose again is the name of the song uh -huh. and actually uh, uh justin jenkins recorded a version of it on his solo record too but uh, Roscoe, when he recorded, did something different with the phrasing uh, that that was just so so unique that I, I just adopted it. Uh, and mm -hmm. thought, well, yeah, that's exactly how that song ought to sound, you know. Yeah. Just uh, just the simplest things in in the world, but yeah, there there's a lot of things that I go back on uh, from from my earliest times and think, eh, you know, I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't recorded that or, or whatever, and, and I'd, I'd like to tweak that and, and do this over again. But I guess it's like the, the great Ronnie Bowman said, you can't unscramble it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a natural part of, uh, you know, growing as a musician or a songwriter or whatever that you learn, you know, as you go, things that you, you know, you would probably change if you could go back. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just a part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. getting better and everything i know like there's a lot of things that i definitely wouldn't leave on those early records that that we made you know if i if i had the chance to do it now obviously but that's just where i was at at that moment in time you know yeah well and i i, I certainly would not would not have uh, uh fancied myself a tenor lead back in those days either uh <laughs> because i was really just uh trying to uh, I guess I was trying to be a tenor lead a lot of times, but I, I, that was never really my voice, you know. Well, uh, you you did a good job singing. I think, and you know, 
in the higher register. Well, I, I, I appreciate that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly would have never recorded uh, uh, that that Bill Monroe gospel song. That uh, uh, I, I would never do that now. Yeah, what I'm saying. Uh huh. Well, yeah, that's the kind of thing that, you know, in time you do kind of learn or whatever. I think for me, I'm just kind of now trying to figure out, you know, I was thinking about recording a record myself, like a solo bluegrass kind of project and trying to figure out, you know, anything that I've sung in the last two or three years, I've sung it kind of lower, you know, just because I thought that's where I liked singing, but there's part of me that's starting to realize, well, no, I mean, I kind of got this high voice. I probably ought to try to sing up, <laughs> up where my voice is, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's always an ongoing process of uh, learning that kind of stuff. Have, uh, so, you, so you're playing a lot with Sierra uh, nowadays. I, I, see, I see you guys uh, uh, advertised uh, all, over the, all over the country, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, it... Are you are you playing with Sarah, Sierra full time, or uh, you you still play with other other cats too? <laughs> well, um, it's uh, I'm yeah I'm basically I've played all of Sierra's dates for the last couple of years at least, and uh, well I'll say all there's a few here and there that I miss you know for one reason or another I'm missing these two dates this weekend um, in Utah and then I'm picking up with them. Uh, I fly out on Tuesday and kind of meet them in Chicago and we play a show in Wisconsin and we have like a, uh, basically a two week stretch where we're out, you know, playing, but, um, no, I, uh, I'm playing with whoever else, you know, like in between, but it's been pretty busy this year. So I've had not had a whole lot of, uh, other, other stuff going on. I played uh, a couple of weeks ago with Dan Tominski again and, uh, at the Huck Finn festival out in California I saw I saw that on I saw that on the old FaceTube there. I saw yeah. the there. Uh huh. And uh, but besides that, I've not really done a whole lot of other extracurricular activities. But uh, you know, <laughs> you know uh, Jamie Harper, don't you? Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, I, I love Jamie. He's one of my favorite people, uh, and he's he's played off and on several several times throughout the years with, with Blue Moon Rising. Uh, but anytime I anytime I see him, me, me and him just. Uh, uh, have, have the best time, you know, talking and laughing and everything. And he he had the perfect uh, backstage at Bean Blossom the other day. He had he had the perfect canned uh, uh, interaction uh, between bluegrass artists back, backstage. <laughs> he yeah. came up. He, he said he said, "Hey guys, y'all playing a lot? You got a lot of shows?" Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then uh, uh, y'all making any, you know y'all making any money when you got a new record coming out? It, it, in in two seconds he had. He had, uh, uh, and 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 y'all sounded good. That, that's what he did it with, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he hadn't heard us a bit more nothing, but you know, and, uh -huh. and he was he was grinning, you know, like Jamie Harper grins the whole time he was doing it. And he had he had uh, he had worked real hard and and come up with everything that bluegrass musicians say to one another uh, in in you know two two seconds. Uh -huh. It was it was pretty awesome. Yeah. It's funny because that is that is the thing. It's like a, a standard kind of interaction you have with with other players or whatever. Because like it's, it's like it's, it's a competition, feeling out to find out if they're playing a lot of shows or not. <laughs> in some <laughs> cases, yeah. yeah. In other cases, it's just small talk and whatever you know, the only thing you can think of in a moment or whatever. But 
that's a you know the uh, uh, I, I I was laughing with somebody and talking to him uh, J D Crow. Uh, I, I had a conversation with him one time backstage at uh, uh, the Mac, uh, the Musicians Against Childhood Cancer, mm-hmm. and we had the best conversation. It didn't have not one thing to do with music, not one time. Yeah, uh, we talked about chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got sitting there talking with the 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 greatest banjo player uh, uh, in in our time, and and we're talking about chicken wings. <laughs> hey, there's a lot to be said about chicken wings. Well, he didn't want to, he didn't want to talk about banjos. He he, yeah. he you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's funny. Well, speaking of that, what's uh what's some of your other interests outside of music? Oh, well, uh, besides uh, music and comics, me, besides music and comics, uh, I, uh, I have, uh, my, my girlfriend, Jennifer, I, I, I enjoy spending time with her. Uh, I enjoy spending time with my kids, uh, doing, you know, just first one thing, then the other. We, we enjoy going out and watching new movies when they come out and, uh-huh. uh, you know, going out and, and, uh, uh, eating at restaurants and, and different things, uh, going out and, uh, uh, but not not necessarily a whole lot of outdoorsy stuff like hiking and everything like that. But we do like getting out and, and just kind of kind of uh, loafing around. Um, and then uh, 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 my girlfriend Jennifer has a, a, a couple of kids uh, that uh, you know, and and from time to time we'll all you know get get both units together and we'll go out and do something that like we're all going on vacation together for the first time, um, uh, at the end of July. So it'll be mm-hmm. Jennifer and her kids and me and my kids and, uh, and my mom, uh, is going to tag along and, uh, we're going to go to Florida for a week and hopefully, hopefully not end up killing one another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always an ongoing struggle. So yeah, just stuff like it. We like to we like to travel. I took uh, took my first cruise this year. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah that that was pretty fun. Uh, 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 it's a it's amazing. Uh, uh, the karaoke was was really was really awesome. Uh, that was my favorite part of, of, of the <laughs> the cruise experience was karaoke night. Yeah. Uh, because uh, man, if you can sing some Conway Twitty. Uh, there, there's a lot of, uh, 50 year old women in there that'll be your best friend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Eddie rabbit, I, I've discovered I've rediscovered Eddie rabbit this year. I'm bringing Eddie rabbit back. <laughs> bringing him back. Bringing him back, but it only takes three steps. <laughs> Take that first step. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, tell us, uh, what uh, you mentioned a couple of movies before and a couple of TV series. What's what's the TV series you're you're into right now? Are there any? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm a big Game of Thrones nut. Oh uh, yeah, I love Game of Thrones. Uh, I love uh, none none of the Walking. There's two Walking Dead series, uh, Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead, and they're both in season hiatus right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while they're in hiatus, I'm watching uh, Preacher. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's, that's really good. And, uh, other than that, I, I don't really follow anything, uh, regularly. Uh, my girlfriend and I, from time to time, will watch, uh, the big bang theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a pretty funny show. Um, 
but uh, pretty much Game of Thrones and and all the all the dead people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this too. Okay, so uh, I got asked this the other day when I was I was a guest on another podcast, and uh, I think it's a good question. Um, who who would you? I know there's probably a lot because there there is for me. But uh, who out there have you not got a chance to play with that you'd like to to get a chance to play with to collaborate with? Oh wow, that's a that's a that's a tough one. I would I would like to write uh, as far as writing songs. Uh, uh, I I would like to write with Tim Stafford. Uh, uh-huh. I think Tim's a really great writer. Um, uh, I would like to write with uh, have the the chance or opportunity someday to write with Ronnie Bowman uh-huh. uh, and try to try to come up with something because um, I, th- I, I think those guys are just really really great. Uh, and and Larry Cordell, uh, that as far as songwriting goes, uh, as far as playing, man, I, I'm I'm just uh, about any of them. I'm I'm in I'm in so so much awe when I'm around them, you know, that uh, I, I just get caught up in listening to what they're doing. Yeah, so uh, my oldest son Aaron graduated high school this year, uh, and he is uh, he's going to take advantage of the. Uh, uh, the Tennessee promise, uh, you know, here, here in Tennessee, uh, kids can go to school, uh, for two years, uh, free at a community college. Uh, so he's going to take advantage of that. But, uh, uh, you know, I play, a, a, a Jimmy Edmonds, uh, D 18 guitar and, and love that guitar. And, and of course, uh, Aaron is a, is a good musician too. And he, he's played my guitar a lot through the years and, 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 probably put uh, uh, enough dings on it that uh, that uh, uh, I wouldn't take anything I wouldn't I just leave them like they are mm-hmm. but uh, uh, I got to have him um, uh, his very own Jimmy Edmonds d18 built for for his graduation present this year so uh, and it was a total surprise to him he didn't know anything about it uh, uh, he he had been uh, hammering on his mom to 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 find out if she knew what I had got him, uh, and, uh, asking, you know, his brother and different things like that, if, if they knew. And, and I kept it such a good secret. So I picked it up about, uh, I drove up to Bristol and met Jimmy and picked it up about two weeks before Aaron graduated. And I left it at my girlfriend's house, uh, so that he, he wouldn't, he, he had no idea until, uh, I think we ate, we, all of us had his graduation supper at like Texas Roadhouse or whatever after. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I brought it in and it's in its case and everything. And that, that was worth everything, man, just to see the smile on his face and everything. And it, it turned out to be such a great guitar. It's actually, uh, uh, I, I love my Jimmy Edmonds guitar, but this one is, is probably, uh, better than mine. Uh, and so, or, or at least louder than mine in some mm-hmm. respects. So it's it's a it's an awesome box. I, I'm real tickled about that. That's awesome. Uh, so he he's uh, playing and singing and everything now. Uh, what's his uh, what's his goals or his outlook as far as singing and playing? Does he want to do it for? A... Uh, yeah, he would like to. Yeah. Uh, uh, he it, it's just really a matter of him, you know, trying to to find some people to get hooked up with more than anything. Right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. And he and he's you know he's tried to do that a couple of times and it hadn't worked out. But uh, he he's a good singer. He's a he's an excellent musician. Um, and uh, uh, I think 
I, I don't know that he has any uh, uh, aspirations of doing uh, music full time or anything like right. that. But uh, I think he would he would uh, definitely like to go to Rome State for a couple of years and then maybe transfer to uh, ETSU and mm-hmm. uh, maybe get involved in their in their bluegrass program. Yeah. Uh, as, as a minor, uh, or, or at least that's what we've talked about and everything. And mm-hmm. I think he'd, he'd, re- he'd do really well in there. And I, actually he's got, he, he can do so much more, uh, uh, or so many different varieties of music than, than I was ever able to do. Uh, mostly because of YouTube. Uh, you know, the, I didn't have YouTube <laughs> when, when I was a kid and, and man, he, he's learned so much just watching YouTube videos. Uh, uh, he's a he's a he's a Tony Ross nut. He loves Tony Ross, uh-huh. uh, uh, but uh, he he can also do like John Mayer stuff. Uh, yeah. he, he can play Beatles stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. He he plays electric guitar. Uh, I, I never was able to to grasp you know really playing electric uh, guitar, uh, but you know he's in there playing uh, Joe Walsh riffs from from the Eagles uh, and and you know, kind of nailing them note for note, mm-hmm. uh, which he's made me, uh, he's made me sick of the Eagles this year, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a resource YouTube is. Can you, it's, it's almost like YouTube's become so present that it just seems like we always have it, but really it's, you know, I guess it's what, 2006 or something like that when YouTube came around. Yeah. And you know, uh, you know, I've I've got a uh, I, I bought a, a new TV last year, um, uh, one of the Vizio smart TVs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we we watch YouTube on on my TV as much as as anything. You right. Know? Yeah. Uh, we, we were watching Marty Stewart uh, videos on on YouTube last night and some Tony Rice videos and everything. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing and and it's such a good. Uh, if people will use it that way, it's such a good learning resource, uh, you know, to, 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 to learn stuff. You, what, yeah. You said you didn't have it, but the, this is another thing that, I mean, it's a, this is just recent or <laughs> relatively recent that YouTube has this functionality, but you can slow things down on YouTube now too. Oh really? Speed it up. Yeah. Just like any YouTube video out there, you can slow it down. Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah, it's basically its own amazing, amazing slowdowner. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Uh, well, you know, and and I'm not I'm not real I'm not a real techie kind of person. I, I didn't even have Skype until we talked uh, yesterday <laughs> about doing this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I downloaded Skype on my phone. I had had to ask my kids how to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right, we, we got it done. Yeah, we were watching uh, uh, some YouTube uh, videos too of uh, the old. Uh, uh, do you remember the American Music Shop uh-huh. used, used to come on TNN? Well, I've, I've seen it on YouTube. I never saw it actually on TNN. Yeah, yeah, it used to come on TNN, and uh, we watched uh, the Bluegrass Album Band uh, uh, on Ralph Emery's show on Nashville Now. A mm-hmm. uh, lot, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, I also wanted to ask you: Is there any uh, young bands out there, or any young uh, artists that are catching your ear right now? Uh, well, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, I, I love the the band of Rooks uh, because uh, 
uh, I, I'm a I'm a Ronnie Bowman nut I, I, and Don Rigsby, uh, and I love to hear those guys sing. And yeah, uh, so they they took you know, uh, uh, I I used to listen to all those guys together in the Lonesome River Band, and and so I love what they're doing. Um, I haven't got to hear uh, um, the Flashback Band yet, uh, other than a couple of YouTube videos, but they they sounded really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the, both, both of those have Don Rigsby in them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't really, uh, I haven't really listened to a, a lot of, uh, of newer bands out there. I love, uh, uh, of course, I mean, I, I listen, I listen to, to bluegrass, uh, on Freddie's show on WDVX, uh, in the mornings about every morning on my drive to work. Uh, but I'm still, I guess I'm still hung up on on uh, all the all the people I've listened to for all these years, you know. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I, man, I, I love uh, uh, I love Sam Bush. Uh, uh, bad bad anything that he does, I'll, I'll listen to. Uh, I, I've I've just always really loved his uh, his mandolin playing and his uh, his 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 vocals as well. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to a lot of music? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, but well, actually, man, I'll, if I'm brutally honest, uh, I, I don't listen to a lot of bluegrass music sure. any, anymore. Um, uh, I listen to a lot of, uh, singer songwriter, Americana kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Jason Isbell nut. Uh, yeah. I, I love Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. Uh, 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 you know, um, I always loved, uh, um, uh, Lyle Lovett, uh, mm-hmm. and, and of course some of the, the singer songwriter stuff like Towns Van Zandt and, and, and some of that stuff. Um, uh, I, I like, uh, um, Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, uh, I like some of the stuff he's doing too. Uh-huh. I haven't heard his new album, but I heard the, the two before that. Yeah. And here lately, I've started buying that stuff on vinyl too. Right. So I've I've started uh, uh, bought a uh, Jennifer bought me a, a a record player for for like uh, my birthday, and uh, I started playing buying buying and adding to my vinyl collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any upcoming dates or anything like that you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, we're playing at the. Uh, Lul and Laura's uh, Heat Wave 2016 in Athens, Tennessee. Um, that will be July 30th. Uh, uh-huh. Their festival runs the 29th, 30th, and 31st, and I think we're playing on the 30th. Yeah. And then we are playing the uh, uh, Museum of Appalachia uh, Fall Fest uh, in October. We have a date in North Carolina uh, in August, and I, I can't remember exactly where that's at right now, so... We won't. We won't mention it. Okay. Well, um, tell people how they can can find you online and, and your dates and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, you can go to uh, www.bluemoonrisingband.com to check out where we're going to be and buy merchandise uh, and that kind of thing. And you can also look us up, uh, uh, Blue Moon Rising, uh, on Facebook. That's right. And I will close it out by saying, yee. yeah we lost noble this year 
Uh, well, uh, man, I appreciate you doing this and wish you all the best with everything. Hey, man, I appreciate you. Appreciate you uh, letting me do it. There we have it. The interview with Chris West. I appreciate you joining us today and I hope you enjoyed that. I've got a few people uh, semi-committed to doing the podcast, so in the next several episodes, you can expect to hear from Junior Williams of uh, Newtown and uh, Barry Bells, who produced their new record. And Jenny Lynn Gardner is also coming out with the record, and I talked with her when I was out at the Huck Finn Festival about coming on the podcast. And uh, you just never know who you might hear next. Keep sending those suggestions. And I really appreciate you listening. Hope you'll join in next time. Thanks a bunch. Thank you.